This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. What helps you feel connected to your ancestors? Perhaps it's songs or photos or poetry. Well, for the protagonist in a new short film called The Funnel, it's all three. This connection opens up a new possibility of understanding self within the family unit. The Funnel also shows how love gives extra fire and strength for getting through some of the deep-seated problems in our society. Joining us now to talk about the film is the director, Charlene Carruthers. Welcome back to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. So this film is is great. It really depicts, Charlene, many kinds of love, I think, right? There's the love between mother and daughter, great aunties, secret lovers, self-love. Why did you want to depict this multifaceted love? Oh, my gosh. At the end of the day, uh, everything for me is about love, love for myself, love for our people, for our ancestors. And the funnel was really is really an opportunity to show just how many different ways black people can love each other. And all of my work, be it filmmaking, organizing, writing is always about telling a more complete story about Black people's lives. And love is always at the center, be it in the middle of struggle, trauma, resilience, all of those things. It always comes back to love. Yeah. At the end of your director's statement, you actually say Black love always wins. Do you think that's always been the case? Well, I think I like to think of things in a nonlinear term or a nonlinear sense. And uh, on my hand, I have a tattoo of 1863. And that was the year that Harriet Tubman led the Cumbie River raid, um, right right in uh, South Carolina at the Cumbie River, mm-hmm. in which over 700, uh, formerly, uh, 700 enslaved people worked to emancipate themselves you know, in a military operation. And to me, at the center of that, and that's the name of our production company, 1863 Productions. Okay. And while that particular battle was won, and we know ultimately the Civil War was won in a, in a in a greater sense, we're still fighting. We're still fighting to this day. And it's constant. It doesn't end. Just because we win a, a particular thing or we lose a thing in a particular moment, the work always continues as far as I'm concerned. And uh, whether or not we get our perfect outcome, even as we see in the funnel, um, whether or not we get the perfect outcome or we're completely comfortable, the love is going to win because it's also what sustains us and keeps us going. Mm-hmm. Spirituality is also front and center in this film. You've got some gorgeous shots in there of the altar. Why'd you make mm-hmm. that creative choice? Ah, uh, that creative choice had everything to do with what also inspired me to even write and direct the film. It was deeply inspired by Sadia Hartman. She's a black uh, feminist uh, and uh, scholar and writer. And she wrote this book, Wayward Lies, Beautiful Experiments. And she talks about the rebellious and anarchist ways that young black women lived at the turn of the 20th century. And in, in doing that, people took up all sorts of means to make sense of themselves in the world that they lived in. And spirituality was a part of that. And there was many things. People practiced Christianity, hoodoo, all sorts of things to make sense of the world that they lived in. And so I literally saw a picture of a black woman in Bronzeville in front of a spiritual candle shop. Mm-hmm. It was taken in the 1940s. It's a black and white photo. And I said, that purse, that woman in that image is going to inspire one of my characters. And that actually inspired oh. the character, Madam Lucy. And so I really built out from there. And 
put in different elements of spirituality, again, to tell a more complete story about how Black folks have been living in Chicago and in this world. Well, well, here's one. Let's listen to a clip of the main character, Trina, talking to her mother. Mama, I think I had one of those dreams you say you used to have. Visions. So this is a spiritual knowledge, mm-hmm. you know, shared between generations. Mm-hmm. Right, Charlene? Talk more about that. Seeing Absolutely. Visions. Yeah. So the film really goes through two time periods and not even in a completely non in a completely linear way. Uh, and to me, for some folks, that might be disorienting, but it makes sense when I think about black folks histories and what is possible when we find ourselves and when a character finds themselves in another historical moment. And in that finding Trina, finding herself in another historical moment allows her to actually better even understand how she and her mother are being displaced because that part of the film takes place in 2008 Mm -hmm. and she and her mother are being pushed out of their home due to the foreclosure crisis. And so she's learning about her ancestors who were living in tight, um, poorly managed and actually dangerous conditions in the 1940s. And that was a real thing. It's not completely made up. It's yes. something that actually happened in real in real life. Yeah, yeah. You give us the, the history then of, of this kitchenette building, right? Mm-hmm. And connect it to our present day struggle with displacement. Still very real. That's right. And, you know, people oftentimes in uh, many areas, be it the media or in politics, in politics for sure, like to pretend that the issues that we're facing right now are new. And what I know for sure is that when my both of my grandmothers migrated from Mississippi to Chicago um, in, in the middle of the 20th century, they had to deal with housing struggles. And that is something that black folks in Chicago struggle still deal with, be it through federal foreclosure, uh, federal foreclosure crisis, or the lack of affordable housing in the city of Chicago. Mm -hmm. And so all of these things are connected. And when we, I truly believe as an organizer and as a filmmaker and an activist, when we connect what has happened in the past to what is happening now, we can actually get a deeper sense of where we need to go forward. So, you know, thinking of the current housing crisis here in this Mm -hmm. city, Charlene, what initiatives should our listeners know about that are actively working to change those things? Mm -hmm. So I think it's folks should really pay attention to people who are working um, to, of course, increase more uh, affordable housing, but also people who are specifically working to create housing for people who don't currently have houses, people who are unhoused, who want to be housed. Uh, We know for sure uh, in the in the midst of because we're not completely out of the pandemic, but in the thick of the pandemic, a lot of people were displaced from their homes. They couldn't afford um, to, to pay rent or they, they lost the homes that they own. And so the people who are houseless or homeless in Chicago, that number has, has increased. I see more people without housing in Chicago just as a regular person. Mm-hmm. And so the folks who are saying not just middle income people, not just the middle class, but the people who have lost so much and the people who didn't have adequate housing before the pandemic. Let's pay attention to them. Let's invest in them. And then the other part, I think, is that pay attention to people who are finding more creative solutions that aren't just about individuals, but are about communities. I think about Rage and Inglewood, any man in Inglewood and what they've been doing with housing and really reclaiming their communities. And that's phenomenal work that I think people should support. 
This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. If you're just tuning in, we're talking about the new short film, The Funnel, which uh, premiered in a private screening on Friday, and it's making the festival circuit. We're talking with Charlene Carruthers, who's a Chicago organizer and writer who directed the film. Charlene, how did making this film help you to show up for your ancestors? Oh, wow. It, so in the film, we figure quite prominently um, an altar space. And on that altar space, we see, um, of course, two of the main characters in the film, Trina and Auburn, who we, we follow a bit of their story. But we also have images of notable Black people from Chicago, mm-hmm. including here Washington and Gwendolyn Brooks. And then, of course, Harriet Tubman, who I talked about earlier, uh, whose who's, uh, military operation, uh, the Cumbie uh, River Uprising, I should call, instead of a raid, it was an uprising in 1863 that inspired our entire production. So it's always about me going back. I also got to ask my own family members questions. I said, I asked my dad if anyone in our family lived in a, ki- a kitchenette building. And he said, yeah, your aunt did. And so we talked about that. Oh, so wow. as a, you know, as a black Chicagoan, you know, I have family members who lived in these buildings. Um, and and, and after, if there are folks who, who don't know what we're talking about, Charlene, what is a kitchenette yes. building? Uh, yes. So many p- people are familiar with the tenement buildings, like in New York City, uh, where there are these really big buildings and a lot of people live in them. So in Chicago, between uh, the 1930s up until the 1960s, one of the few places that black people could live in Chicago were in these kitchenette buildings. And essentially, they would take an apartment that was meant for a single family um, and say had two bedrooms and they would slice it up into four or five different units and each room would be given to one family. And there, you could have a stove in your room or not. And oftentimes, everyone on the same floor or more mm-hmm. would have to share the same bathroom. Yes. And so the kitchenette literally means that people would have access to a small kitchen, maybe in their unit. And oftentimes, these buildings were dilapidated. They were poorly managed and mm-hmm. didn't have access to people didn't have access to the things that they actually needed. That scene in the film where they were fighting for for the bathroom was funny, mm-hmm. but not funny, <laughs> mm-hmm. if you know what mm-hmm. I mean. Um, yep. You know, you pack a lot into really 15 and a half minutes, Charlene. Yeah. <laughs> but th- there's also a lot left unsaid, I think. Mm-hmm. Did you want folks to be able to watch this and maybe write their own stories into it? Uh, yes, I Again, so much of this goes back to what I learned as a as a community organizer. Like that work in filmmaking is about agitating people and making them more curious. I hope that uh, folks in Chicago, particularly Black Chicagoans who've been here, um, you know, for a few generations, can look ask questions. Where did your family live? What did they have to deal with? How did they struggle? Or how? What creative solutions uh, did they come up with? I also hope. That in folks watching this, they want to see more of the characters. Yes. Because for us, this film is really to show what is possible. Are you and going to expand the lot. stories? Is there another part coming? I hope so, okay. Sasha. Somebody, <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. You know, filmmaking costs money. is an expensive art form. Right, right. And so we would love to um, see our characters' stories fleshed out a lot more. And so that that's 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 a part of our big dream is yeah. to tell the stories of this ensemble cast that we 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 pulled together. Well, we're we're just about out of time, but this film's going to be mm-hmm. shown at a film festival in North Carolina. And yes. uh, talk to us about whether there'll be any more screenings that people could look forward to. Absolutely. So we are premiering at a f- at film festival premiere is at the Out South 
Queer Film Festival in Durham, North Carolina. It's a 25-year-old film festival. We are actually, we just got into a festival in Chicago that I can't share quite yet, but it's a really big one. It's a really big one in Chicago, and I'm really excited about it. Um, So that's going to happen this fall. And we will host um, uh, several other screenings as well, both across the country and here in Chicago. And so folks can actually, yeah, folks can follow us on Instagram. They can go to our website, thefunnelfilm.com. And on thefunnelfilm.com, that's where uh, we will update things and on our Instagram as well. That was Charlene Carruthers, Chicago author and organizer and director of the film The Funnel. Thank you, Charlene. Thank you. Thanks for listening. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We've got more for you on the podcast, WBEZ's Reset, wherever you listen.